O King of David and scepter of the house of Israel, you open and no one can close, you close and no one can open. Come and rescue the prisoners who are in darkness and the shadow of death. O come, thou King of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Keys are very important items. They lock and unlock doors. They allow entrance and exits to rooms and containers. To unlock a locked door, you need a key. To lock and unlock door, you need a key. Jesus presents himself as the key of David to the church in Philadelphia. He locks and unlocks the door to the house of David. He shall shut, and no one shall open. When Jesus shuts the door, there are no chances for you to open the door. God hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he wouldn't let the Israelites go until he had shown his full majesty and glory in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh refused to let the Israelites go. It wasn't until the angel of death came through Egypt and struck down the firstborn of all the Egyptians. God closed the door of Pharaoh's heart until that great devastation. God refused to allow Pharaoh to change his mind. Not until everything God had desired to do to Egypt had been accomplished. Pharaoh couldn't open the door. Moses couldn't open the door. The only one who could open the door was God himself. On the flip side, when God opened the door, no one can close it. Jesus tells the church in Philadelphia, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. When we call Jesus the key of David, we acknowledge that open door. When God set David up as king of Israel, he promised that his descendants would sit on his throne forever. There wouldn't be a time when one of David's descendants wouldn't be considered the king of Israel or Judah after the kingdom was divided. After 14 generations, Judah was conquered by Babylon. There was no physical throne left in Jerusalem, but the door continued to be open. No one could close the door. God kept the door open even though the king sitting on the throne was a complete scoundrel. In the histories of the kings, in the accounts for Abijam and Jehoram, the historian reminds us of that promise. Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem, setting up a son after him and establishing Jerusalem. Whether David's descendant kings on the throne were good or evil, the family line continued because of God's promise. No one could close the door on David's dynasty. God opened the door. No one can close it. With all these constraints on our human nature, it's no wonder that some people believe that everything in life is controlled by blind fate, by an uncaring, unfeeling, unapproachable God. Life is an elaborate novel that God scripted before time began, and everything goes just as he has written down. Nothing can change the outcome of this novel. Nothing can alter the events of the novel. What a horrible view of God. A God that determines everything that happens to you? That you have no free will? That you are a robot only doing his bidding until he doesn't want you around anymore? Is this the God you serve? This isn't the God the Bible shows us. The Bible shows us a God of love and mercy. A God who changes not his purpose, but will use even sins to accomplish that purpose. The end purpose never changes, but the means to achieve that purpose sometimes rely upon us sinners and our sinful actions. 
Let's look back at David's household. In 2 Samuel 7, God tells David that his descendants would sit on his throne forever. Four chapters later, David commits the great sins surrounding his adultery with Bathsheba. God doesn't close the door on his promise because of David's actions. In fact, Bathsheba's second son Solomon is the one through whom God brings about Jesus' ancestry. God set before David an open door. He knew that David would sin with Bathsheba, but he did not cause it. God uses it just as he uses your sins and mine to bring about his purposes in our lives. God brings about his good and gracious will just as we pray in the Lord's Prayer. He does it through us. He does it in spite of us. He does it because he has opened the door before us. The door is open because of God's mercy. God has opened the door so that you may enter, but you may only enter if you have the key, Jesus, the key of David, the key that unlocks the door to eternal life, the key that opens the door to God's great blessings in heaven. Grasping onto Jesus, the door opens for you. You don't open the door by having the key in your hand. The key unlocks the door and opens it. The power is not within you. The power is within the key. The key stands before you, having gone through and overcome death, hell, and the grave. Having gone through all the things we fear most about the end of our lives, the key has opened the heavenly gates so you may enter. The key of David has opened his kingdom to you. He opens the door so that you might be rescued from the prison of your sins. He delivers you out of your prison's darkness into his marvelous light. Unlocking the door, the key has made your path to your heavenly home safe. He has overcome every enemy. Your way is safe. When you arrive, the path to misery will be closed. Through Jesus' death, that door is closed forever for those who believe in him. Through Jesus' death, there is no more darkness. Through Jesus' death, we only walk through the shadow of death. Death no longer has claim on us. Death cannot close the open door in front of us. Nothing can. Walk through the open door in front of you. Step into the faith. See his word for the great glory that it is. The door is open. No one will close it in front of you. You are able to step through, not because you choose to, but because Jesus invites you in. He invites you in saying, You have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Amen.